0: This episode of Juice Guru Radio is brought to you by TryBest, making healthy living easy.
1: Well, welcome welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak.
0: Hello, welcome to the show. Welcome today. We've got J.L. Field. She's the author of Vegan Meal Prep. Uh, Other books like Vegan Pressure Cooking and The Vegan Air Fryer, co-author of the Main Street Vegan Academy Cookbook. She's going to be here on the show showing us all about vegan meal prep right after this. So grab a tea or some water even some juice. We'll be back right after this with J.L. Fields.
1: Did you know you can make a great living in the hottest new business trend today? The Juice Guru Certification Program is the world's first online course to give you the knowledge and marketing skills to excel as a juicing coach and start making money in no time. Find out more at
0: JuiceCoachTraining.com.
1: Juice Guru Radio.
0: Welcome back to the show. Like I said, we got J.L. Fields. Founder and Culinary Director of the Colorado Springs Vegan Cooking Academy. She's a Master Vegan Lifestyle Coach and Educator, a Food for Life Instructor, Chef Instructor in the Culinary Program for the University of New Mexico, a Personal Chef, Career Coach, so many things, and the new book, Vegan Meal Prep. We're going to talk all about that and all the other amazing things she's up to. Let's welcome to the show right now, J.L. Fields.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back. It's good to talk to you again.
0: Thanks, J.L. Well, you're not keeping busy. You better find something to, to, <laughs> to kill the time
1: right <laughs> i think you probably could say the same thing
0: <laughs> i i i yeah i hear you i, I speak to you cuz i get it <laughs> but thank you again and do you have the book over there i'm really excited about this new one veal uh, vegan meal prep
1: yes um this Let's is take a look at my that. latest book i'm super excited it came out in december and it's been a lot of fun the response has been great
0: yeah so what led to this one
1: well you know Um, so books are an interesting thing. Sometimes you have a concept and you put a proposal together and you get it out there. And then other times there are, um, what is called author acquisition when publishers are looking for content. And so they start to look for the person that they think can write the content they're looking for. And I feel like this was like a little bit of both of that. I've been wanting to do a book for quite some time, kind of around what I call batch cooking or bulk cooking. But really, it was just kind of like I always sort of referred to it as being vegan in the real world, like how you just get stuff together so you can eat really quick meals and not feel like you're in the kitchen all the time. And, uh, so a publisher, uh, Rockridge approached me and they said, we see you do a lot of bulk and batch cooking. And we're wondering if you're interested in putting together a title like this. And what I loved about writing this book was that meal prep isn't like an art and a science. Now people have YouTube channels devoted to it. Um, and I had never really done official meal prep. I had just cooked lots of food in advance and put them together as meals. So I got to learn how to meal prep while I wrote about meal prepping. And it, I, it's completely changed the way I eat now, which is, is, is a blast because I have, feel like I have so much diversity now in what I'm eating.
0: Well, let's talk a little about you know, the philosophy behind it, how it works, how it's, you know, w- what the benefits are. Sure. So meal prepping,
1: sort of the, simp- the simplest way to look at it is that you are actually preparing food during a certain period of time on a particular day. And the outcome is going to be that you have meals ready to roll, not just a big batch of brown rice in a bowl and a big you know, batch of like balsamic black beans in a bowl and you just reheat them and eat them all week, but you have portioned out your food into bowls, containers, mason jars, portioned out, ready to roll. So that it's totally specific to you. So your calorie intake might be very different than mine, depending on which one of us is working out or doing different kinds of things or male or female or whatever that is. You get to portion out exactly what you want to eat and have it ready to roll in your refrigerator or in your freezer. And so now with meal prepping, you can spend somewhere between 90 minutes and maybe two hours following sort of a This is what I need to eat this week. But when you're done, in your refrigerator, lined up in your refrigerator, you have a line of jars that have all your mason jar salads ready. You have smaller jars, pint jars that have all your overnight oats ready. And then you have glass containers or BPA free containers that are filled with a bean, a grain and a vegetable. And so every morning when you get up, it's just grabbing something and reheating it or grabbing something and eating it or grabbing something and putting it in your backpack on your way to your office or to school. So it keeps you, uh, it it gives you all the food you wish you would eat all the time, right? People are like, I want to cook more, uh, but I just don't feel like I have the time. Meal prep is asking you to think about how many meals you need next week prepped and ready to roll and then laying out a way for you to do it and cook them up in about 90 minutes to two hours and then you're done for the week.
0: Wow. So this really is a time saver, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. That is why people meal prep. They, people have the best of intentions. They want to eat whole foods. They want to make every meal from scratch. And that's just not how our lives, you know, work, right? And so if you just plan ahead, and I actually have some tips on that planning ahead, and it might surprise people what I think, but if you just plan ahead and carve out that amount of time, you're going to accomplish so much in a short period of time, and you really are going to stay on track with how you want to eat, um, with home-cooked food, and, and you can come home exhausted at the end of the day and have a, a beautiful warm meal.
0: So is it all in how we schedule this that we're going to save the most time?
1: Yeah, you know, and so I want to talk about scheduling. So I teach a lot of cooking classes, um, and I teach a lot of meal prep classes. And the thing that I always tell my students is, I know that you want to be aspirational, that now you are into this. You've got your meal prep book. You're like, yes, I'm going to make 21 meals ready for every single meal next week. And that's not realistic, because what you should really do when you start meal prepping is actually take your calendar out and look at what next week's schedule is. Are you traveling on Friday? Then you don't need the food on Friday. You're going to be at an airport. Do you have a work meeting on Wednesday night and you're going to a restaurant? You don't need to worry about dinner on Wednesday night. Are you going to the gym two early mornings and all you need are smoothies? Work that into your plan. Once you look at your calendar and your family's calendar, it changes from I need 21 meals next week to I think if I make six things but double up two of them, I'll have enough meals for my partner and I to get. Get us through the meals we actually need prepared. So, just by doing that, you're saving time as far as how much food you need to cook during your meal prepping session, but more importantly, you're saving money because you're not overbuying at the grocery store by being too aspirational and not pragmatic. And you're not wasting food because so many times new meal preppers will cook so much food and they're like, I'm going to eat every meal and I'm going to make all of this. And at the end of the week, they're throwing food away that they didn't eat because they forgot about the lunch meeting with their boss. They forgot that they were going to be at the airport on Friday. So the art is to know what you need next week. And then you say, this weekend, I'm preparing three lunches, two dinners, And two breakfasts. Once you do that, you pick out the recipes you want, and you get into the kitchen. And there's a good chance you could be done within an hour to ninety minutes.
0: Now, does this include sauces and things that we'd want to put on the food to flavor them up? Are we preparing all that in advance too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in my book, um, I have a section on sauces and dips, and and I. Talk about how to store them, because that's the other thing that I think people get challenged by, particularly if they're new vegans, because you know, the interesting thing about this book, definitely vegans are interested in a a book on vegan meal prepping, but you know who else is interested? People who are interested in exploring plant-based cuisine, and they're like, okay, maybe this is a way that I'll do this. They might not know how quickly beans should be eaten up. Um, Any one of us who've been eating beans for a long time know what happens when that one leftover can of beans gets in the back of the refrigerator and you find it 10 days later and you're like, oh my gosh, beans. You know, so I, in the book, talk about this is how long this will last in the refrigerator. This is how long it will last if it's countertop like a kale chip, um, or this is how to freeze it and, and how long it will last. Because I think that's the other thing that makes people nervous about meal prepping is what if I make this food and then I just don't know when I'm supposed to eat it or how I'm supposed to store it.
0: That's great. And that's really helpful too, because there's nothing worse than when you make the food, it goes bad and then it becomes discouraging and you don't even want to go back and do it again.
1: Exactly. You feel defeated.
0: Yeah, totally been there. Um, So this is really exciting. I want to talk a little, I want to get back into some of the tips and tricks and things that you have. Again, we're going to talk about the new book here and it's um, the uh, vegan meal prep. It's available on Amazon bookstores worldwide. Anywhere else our, our listeners can get a copy of that book.
1: Yeah, it's at Barnes & Noble. Uh, it's at probably your local library truthfully and if it's not at your library or not at your local bookstore because it's it's published uh, you know traditionally published all you have to do is call either your library or your bookstore and they can they can get it in for you. But I uh, I think it's even mm-hmm. on Target and Walmart.com, believe it or not.
0: Okay, and we'll have a link to it under the show notes here at com, so you can always grab your copy there. Um, so yeah, coming up some more tips and things like that, but I want to hear more about your journey of Um, You know, morphing from a non cook to a professional chef to a cookbook author and cooking instructor in just seven years. Because we have people in our program that are certified juice therapists and figuring, trying to figure this all out. How did you evolve so quickly in all this?
1: I guess it is quick, right? But having lived it, it doesn't. I know seven
0: years (laughs) is like (laughs) nothing.
1: But you
0: you weren't even a cook.
1: No, I wasn't a cook. So um, I was going to make a joke about my gray hair that that's why I'm gray, but I was actually gray before that. Um, so so <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, so this month is actually my um, nine year vegan anniversary. And I say that only because it really is kind of the contextual part of this journey that I've been over the last several years. So I had been um, vegetarian for eight years And uh, when I went vegetarian, I ran an international foundation in violence against women and girls. And so I was gone all the time and my husband did the cooking. And I distinctly recall when I went vegetarian, it was in Africa, in Kenya. um, (laughs) And there was an incident with a goat and a goat was served for dinner. And that was the last time I had meat. And I called my husband at the airport. I was on my way to South Africa and I'm like, "Um, I'm a vegetarian. And he's like, I'm on it, don't worry about it. So I get home from my travels and he's you know, making me tofu and pasta And for eight years, he continued to be the cook in the family, even though he wasn't vegetarian. He cooked vegetarian for me. But eight years after that, and at that point I was 45, I went vegan. And it was not really – it wasn't as – it was fairly anticlimactic compared to the goat. Um, It was just really – I had gone on this sort of 16-day cleanse of no wheat, sugar, uh, alcohol, caffeine, and dairy. And I was like, well, that was easy. I thought being vegan would be hard. So I just went vegan. And I came home and pronounced to my husband, I'm vegan. And he said, you are on your own. I have no idea what to do for you. So <laughs> I was 45 years old. And I knew how to cook before I got married, but I was kind of, I'm from the Midwest. It was sort of like pot roast on Sunday and make it last for a week because I was a single <laughs> woman. And, you know, so I'm like, I was not a fancy cook. And then I didn't have to cook for a long time. So basically at the age of 45, I found myself back in the kitchen. A brand new vegan, and I was trying to figure all of this out. So, just what happened, I guess, because this is the day and age we're in now, is I started a blog at about the exact same time because I thought, well, I'm just going to try to keep track of how I progress. What do I learn? Maybe somebody else will learn something because so many of the other vegan food bloggers were young women, and I felt like I had a different perspective. And I just fell in love with all of it. I fell in love with, um, you know, even though I went vegetarian because of a goat, the truth of the matter is, I don't know how, but I hadn't really made the the vegan sort of ethical connection, but I did after I went vegan. So I fell in love with the ethics of veganism. I fell in love with the food. I fell in love with cooking it and I fell in love with writing it. And after a couple of years of blogging, I just found myself now I was like turning 47 and I was like, I don't want to do my day job. I wish this were my day job. Can't I just do all the vegan things all the time? And then I did that crazy thing that people tell you you should never do. And everybody should probably try to do it once. Um, If they're able, I say that from a place of privilege. I understand. I walked away from my job and I took a leap of faith and came up with a model where I could try to do consulting from the field in which I'd worked for 25 years, which was in the nonprofit sector and higher education and carve out just enough work to pay some bills so that I could spend the majority of my time building what I hoped would become a vegan culinary education practice. And that's...
0: Yeah, well, that's a good tip. I mean, you didn't (laughs) just jump out. You still were able to bring in some income while building this out.
1: You have to, because, I mean, even though I'm 100% acknowledging privilege, I want to make... Clear that I lived in New York at the time, and my husband and right. I, like, we, I still had to bring money in. So, what we did, and, and, and I'll just offer this as another practical step, is when I didn't just jump into this. What I did was I looked at our current home personal finances and looked at what would be missing when I walked away from my job, and it would be a significant we'd be missing a lot. I had a six figure job. Um, but I also looked at all the things we were spending money on that we didn't need to. And so I started to slash things like, you know, television subscriptions and too many newspapers being left at our door and not being read and, you know, cleaning lady, like got rid of all those things and looked at it. And I knew how much money I had to bring in and and I'll just be completely honest. I knew I needed to bring in $60,000. So I have an idea to start my own business And I need to, to keep my family whole, make $60,000. That wasn't going to happen with a vegan dream. So I needed to find a way to make that nugget happen while I built my skills and expertise and credibility as a vegan educator. And so, yeah, so I just, you know, used my network. Um, reached out to people from college, which for me was many years prior, <laughs> um, and just tried to find some gigs where I could do what I knew how to do, strategic management for a nonprofit, come in and do some fundraising, um, consulting, and earn what I needed to do so that I could build this, so that my, I was hoping my skills of justice would changed to the point where my income was completely from doing my vegan work. And, and that happened uh, four years ago. And so I've been doing this for seven years. It took about four years to get to the point where it was 100% vegan work. Um, and, and it's going
0: well. Well, passion pays, you know, it you does. follow your dream. And it really does, you know, and I mean, I, our stories are so similar, because I had the six figure figure job, I was uh, a therapist, I had summers off, I had vacations like you wouldn't believe. And walked away from it all so I could speak my truth and live my passion and pulled out my 401k and it was sink or swim living in LA. Um, And it paid off, but you know, there are the nights at at the beginning. I was like, I don't, I don't know about this, but I think it's really about following the dream and the passion. So thank you for the work that you do. And I'd love to get back to some of these tips because this is only going to make life easier for all of us. Right. So you, 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 I mean researching this book, you actually, um, And we'll talk about some of the other books at the end here, but but by doing the research for this book, that's how you started developing these skills for this too.
1: Yeah, I mean it really was. It was like I know how to batch cook, I bulk cook all the time, but I never took the time to put it into a meal. And then I understood why. And this sounds so stereotypical, but like my husband, you know, didn't like leftovers, and so I would be that planner on the weekend and say, I'm going to have food for us ready for the week. And he'd eat it up on Monday, maybe on Tuesday. And by Wednesday, he was like, I am over these, this mushroom rice and these balsamic black beans. I'm over them. And so he would then like make a sandwich or you know have a day of pizza or something. So as I was researching it, I, of course, was testing recipes and then testing out preps to see what's a good portion size, what's a good way to store this. And as I was doing it, we had all these ready-to-go meals in the refrigerator. And we were both eating them during the week and we're like, oh my gosh, this is the game changer. And so I applaud anybody who does that batch cooking and that bulk p- cooking on the weekend. And then I'm just trying to encourage people to say, I think you can even step it up a notch now by really turning these into beautiful meals in a container that's ready to go so that you don't, you know, you can have some diversity. And I'll give you an example, um, this weekend, cause I, now the only way I, I just, I, I do my meal prepping on the weekends, um, even still, and I'm working on a new book, making other recipes that have nothing to do with it. But I'm still doing this uh, a little bit less. But I made one of the things I made this weekend was a chunky um, red lentil stew. It's almost like dal, right? Because it's like it's not soupy; it's it's um, it's thick. So yesterday when I had it for lunch, I served it over. I put it over raw arugula. And reheated that so that it just lightly wilted the arugula. And we know that arugula just adds this sort of peppery zippiness to a bite, particularly if it's not overcooked. So now you have a little different texture. You have a slight crunch of a raw vegetable that's been lightly wilted with this really hearty Indian-style red lentil stew. So I had that for lunch yesterday. Today, I heated up the lentil stew, but I just served it over a baked sweet potato. with. um, I just diced up some fresh avocado. The two meals tasted completely different, but the base was that red lentil stew. So it's not boring when you can just do these little finesses to, you know, maybe serve it with scallions one night and over a corn tortilla. So there are lots of ways to sort of keep it fresh and exciting too. Uh, But yeah, I learned how to do it while I was writing the book and it, and it's, uh, it, it has changed everything for us and particularly my husband who is now really into eating all of these preps
0: yeah and for the people that are eating out too much, this is a great uh solution because that food in the restaurant i 'm here in l a and you know it 's over salted over oil oily i mean it 's vegan food, but it 's not necessarily healthy and Here we can control our portions and making healthy food right
1: yeah, and saving money because I mean I think for a lot of people, the other thing is simply if if the food isn 't ready, you get home and you might have the best intentions to press some tofu and whip together a quick Mongolian tofu recipe. But the reality is if you're exhausted, it might be much easier to get on an app and have Postmates or Grubhub bring some food over or to go out but when it's right in front of you and ready to roll it's so much easier not to do it and you're going to save a lot of money and that's where we've been saving the money because we we like to dine out I, i'm a vegan dining critic for the gazette here in colorado spring so you know dining out is part of what i have to oh. do so i want to have some control over it you
0: know? well, that's a fun job yeah it's um. not bad <laughs> So is it part of this scheduling? Is it that we're doing our shopping on a certain day, and then we're making the food on another day? Or, or is it the same day? How's that scheduling been working for you? Well,
1: that's, that's a really good question. And I'm going to give some of my lazy tips. But I'll tell you just for people who are interested in how it's sort of laid out in the book is that there are a bunch of recipes that are easily prepped. But And that's at the second half of the book. There's 70 recipes. The first half of the book, are eight sections that are eight different meal preps. So, it me, you know, so that's when you can kind of look at it and go, you know what I really need this week? I need lunches and snacks. Then that might be the meal prep you go for. But like one of them is called Beautiful Bowls. And so it's going to be a, a risotto, a warm vegetable salad, a quinoa salad, artichoke and chickpea curry, some parmi kale pesto, and some minty fruit salad. What I do when I put those together is try to use a lot of the same vegetables a lot of the same protein or a lot of the same grain so that you're buying fewer things at the store and you're making things stretch. So you're, you're stretching your dollar. And then I walk you through the grocery list. Here's what's probably in your pantry. Check that first. Um, And then you're going to discover you may not have to buy as much at the store as you think. And then I even tell you what you are going to need to use. You're going to need two baking sheets. You're going to need parchment paper. You're going to need a pizza cutter. And so it's really spelling it out for you. And then it takes each of the recipes and tells you when to start which step of each of those recipes so that you're not making one recipe for 30 minutes and then going to the next one for 40 minutes. You're doing them all at the same time, going from step one here to step four here, back to step two, so that after 90 minutes or two hours, everything is done. So knowing that's the process, then you just have to figure out your your grocery shopping. But I am not going to lie. Now, I will say, because I am in the culinary arts, I teach cooking classes, I cook for private clients. I hate the grocery store. I hate the grocery store. And I realize that's ironic for someone who's in the food world. But so mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with Instacart. So I order, so what I do is I go through all of my recipes that I want to make, make my list, and then I go onto Instacart and I put them all in my grocery store and it, No, no specialty required here for vegan eating. It's King Supers here in Colorado, which is a Kroger. I can get everything I need. And so I know that I want to cook from one to three on a Saturday afternoon. I have my groceries delivered between 11 and 12. And by the end of the day on Saturday, I'm done. I have a wonderful rest of the weekend and I start eating like a queen on Monday.
0: That's smart. And what a time saver too, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, I realize not everybody can do that, but it is kind of fun to play around with. But the other thing is, you know, take a look at your your shopping list and maybe go to the store on Friday night after work. So at any point that you want to start on Saturday, you're ready to roll.
0: Well, this sounds like a great way to get, I can't wait to get this book and share it with my wife because we've been really struggling with trying to figure this out. This is a do-it-yourself restaurant right in your refrigerator, isn't it?
1: Exactly. And and it's funny, what I try to tell people about this book is I try to manage expectations. This is not a cookbook to buy if you're having 12 people over on Saturday night for a fancy dinner. That's not this book. This book is vegan food on the table as quickly as possible, healthy, save some money. But I try to do some culinary coaching within, meaning I try to talk about flavor profiles. I talk about umami and how to bring out a meaty savoriness so that someone in the home that isn't eating plant-based might be more enticed to eat it because you've added this umami element of savory. And so I am trying to kind of coach people into flexing their culinary muscles while keeping it easy.
0: Love it. And and, and I'm I'm serious. I just actually texted my wife the link to the book. It's on Amazon. The name of the book is Vegan Meal Prep, Ready-to-Go Meals and Snacks for Healthy plant-based eating. I love that it's a time saver. I love that it's you know good to go. We can have fresh food right in our refrigerator. And if you're just starting out wanting to eat more plant foods, well, isn't this a great option? Wouldn't you say, JL? Absolutely. I mean, I
1: think it's a great primer to get into it because I think so many people who are new to plant-based eating feel like it's exotic because it's different. And I think once you open this up and you look at it, you're like, oh, I could do that. And that's, basically how i approach anything when i'm talking to people about how to, to to cook it's just like oh i could do that and 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 i think it is a, a really great entree for people who are new to it
0: now what's the best way for our listeners to get it? i know you're on facebook pinterest and instagram at jl goes vegan so that's at jl goes vegan but what's the best way to follow you besides that is that the best way
1: well, you know, truthfully, I have a website, JL Goes Vegan, and I am now what I refer to as the world's worst blogger because I decided I did not want to monetize my website and have ads and have to chase down all the dairy and chicken ads that would were popping up on my website, so I got rid of the ads. And don't post on my website as much other than my cooking classes. I'm really on Instagram. I am, I have found the engagement on Instagram amazing. I'm on every single day in my kitchen doing stories, showing you what I'm having for breakfast, lunch and dinner. So I'm basically doing mini coaching on Instagram, but Facebook, I have a lot of Facebook groups around my different cookbooks uh, so that people can ask questions and learn how to use the appliances that I use. So um, I'm far more on Facebook and, and Instagram than anywhere else.
0: Now, we did talk about some of the other books. Did you want to mention any of the other books, or to go along with this or anything to say in closing or final words of advice?
1: Well, what I would say, most people seem to know me from my book, Vegan Pressure Cooking, and a lot of people have their Instant Pots or from the Vegan Air Fryer. And I did make a point in Vegan Meal Prep that when it was appropriate to use a different method, like with an Instant Pot or an Air Fryer, I mentioned that, but that's inside. So you do not need any appliances to cook these meals. But if you do have these appliances, you're gonna be able to cook these meals even faster.
0: Love it. JL Fields right here on Choose Creator. JL, thank you for coming back and sharing this much needed message with the world. Thank you, we're really excited to help you get it out the word about it.
1: Thanks for having me back, I appreciate
0: Uh, it. Thank you, I'm Steve Prasek and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at juicegururadio.com.
0: Until next time, get your juice on.